In our opinion, movies can be found in one of two realms. The realm of the renown, those active in the minds of pop culture, your masterpieces, your witty comedies, your impactful horror. There are even those so bad they're good, cult classics. This is not a show about those movies. Instead, we bravely venture into the realm of the forgotten. We plummet the depths of the mediocre, the left behind, the seventh at the box office and bottom of the bargain bin. What strange horrors will we find on our exploration? What unholy dialogue will we encounter? And what artifacts that may at first have been overlooked will we reclaim? I'm Wesley. I'm Peter. I'm Lily. And I'm Sam. Hello from obscurity. Yeah, that, I, that, I'm, I'm how working do you like on the music right music? now. The music is not done, but it is being written. There will eventually no, I, be a theme song to this show. Amazing. I, I'm excited for the theme song. Yes. And thank you for doing that, Peter. Everybody give Peter a round of applause. It will, uh, secretly, it, it wasn't but. me who was actually writing the music. Um, I have a, uh, uh, a patron, very high up in the government, who <laughs> wow. is actually writing the music, but he gave it to me to pass off because like, he's not allowed to write music. Is um, he from Oxford? He <laughs> is from Oxford, yes. How did I know? Wow. Um, Another conspiracy. So today, we're talking about uh uh you, you know what um I, i'd like to ask the group a question real quick when you hear the name yes. roland emmerich what kind of movie do you think of lily well disaster movies um big action mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. that for me never really quite hits the mark yeah he he's definitely a disaster filmmaker like he he made independence day Day After Tomorrow, 2012. 10,000 BC. 10,000 BC. He's coming out with Ooh. Moonfall. I think that just oh, came out. Oh, he's doing Moonfall? Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's that a makes, Roland that Emmerich joint. checks out. <laughs> Produced by Michael Bay, I think. Yeah. Uh, wow. This movie is not one of those movies. Um, this is uh, uh, Anonymous, um, a movie about William Shakespeare? Or is it? What? Yeah, there's a dot, so, dot, dot. Exactly. So this movie, Anonymous, uh, directed by Roland Emmerich, written by John Orloff. Um, it stars Reese Ifans. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. A.K.A. the lizard from the Amazing Spider-Man exactly. movies. Or Rasputin from The King's Man. <laughs> or Xenophilia yeah. Lovegood from exactly. Harry Potter. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's a, he's a good guy. Um, <laughs> Vanessa Redgrave. Um, yes i loved her <laughs> okay she was great as queen elizabeth uh, and uh and her daughter and her daughter who plays her her real daughter plays her daughter plays her younger self the younger self sorry Cause, <laughs> yeah because don't There's you remember many, uh, queen elizabeth was a virgin and definitely had no children at all yeah there's child. too many weird family stuff anyway so we got to make sure mm-hmm. that it's <laughs> it's her younger we need self to establish we need to establish the foundation before we build on it yes uh, also stars uh david thulis who you may know as professor lupin from harry potter okay. um and uh uh the the rest of the cast um 
is also there. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't really know what else they were in. Uh, is Sebastian Ernesto was uh, Ben Johnson. Rafe Spall was Shakespeare. Edward Hogg was Robert Cecil. He was great. Uh, Mark Rylance shows up at some point. He does. Um, Tony Way, great character actor, is in it. Um, Derek and, um, Jake Jacoby. Jamie Campbell Bauer. Jamie Campbell who Bauer. Was, um, the young Duke of Oxford, who people would know from um, Sweeney Todd. He was Antony. And Grindelwald from Harry Potter. So there's yes. a lot of Harry Potter the, people on this. There's like, a lot of British people. Yes. Yeah, they, they went to Same England thing. and got the England actors. Uh-huh. And then brought them to a Hollywood backlot on a green screen. <laughs> uh, no, yes, Lily. They Actually, they brought them to Germany. <laughs> on a Hollywood Same, same <laughs> on thing. On a Hollywood backlot. Um... <laughs> So, Anonymous, if you've not heard of the Shakespeare authorship question, it calls into question, was Shakespeare the one who wrote all of Shakespeare's plays? Roland Emmerich says no. No. Uh, it's about... <sighs> <laughs> what? What is it about, It's Peter? about the Earl of Oxford, who is the... He's the... Who's a fancy lad. He's a fancy lad with a fancy girl. Yes. Dumb. He's, for some reason, not allowed squanders. to write plays, especially not political plays. Um, and so to get his work out there, he passes his plays off to Ben Johnson, um, another playwright of the time, to uh, release said plays under his own name. So his work can still be out there, but his name's not attached to it. Uh, as Ben Johnson starts releasing these plays, he also keeps the author somewhat anonymous. So who steps up to claim the plays but William Shakespeare, a drunk actor. Murderer A actor, complete yes. buffoon. Yes, a buffoon, <laughs> if you will. can't... I think he's illiterate. Yes, yes. Uh, he cannot write, Yeah, but he can read. No, but that, somehow he is, convinces everyone that he wrote these plays. Yes. As a dyslexic because myself, I don't know how that works. Like, I know that <laughs> dyslexia is different than illiteracy, uh-huh. but like, no, I have a hard time spelling Yeah, and an easier time reading, yes, but I can write an E, like I could uh-huh. write an E as a kid. It would have been awful, but like... Yeah. I'm just well, so confused yeah. how he could read but all right. his, all his really conf- because Ben Johnson, like we have Ben Johnson plays, they're mm-hmm. complex. They have verbose verbiage. Um, I just I was a little confused. Yeah, I didn't know if that was. I tried to research if that was a real thing, but uh, I could not find anything. So. Yeah, and to aid in your confusion, um, <laughs> the this movie takes place in several different time periods. Yeah. Uh, It starts in modern day as someone is putting on the play Anonymous. Derek Jacoby. Yes. Who's late to his own show, by the way. He barely makes it. That was super unprofessional. It was New York traffic. It was New York traffic. Get. Yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda would never that late Lin-Manuel Miranda slept in the theater and breathed and lived his play Jacob <laughs> or Derek Jacoby has a life outside mm-hmm. of the theater his, Lin-Manuel Miranda has two kids and a wife it, it, that he probably never sees and has <laughs> conjugal like visits when yeah yes. exactly so uh, yeah Derek Jacoby's putting on this play which 
quickly goes back to Shakespearean times, multiple Shakespearean times. Well, in fact. yeah, here, here's the thing. It starts out with a play yes. about how Shakespeare did not write his plays. It goes into <laughs> a flashback to Shakespearean times where Ben Johnson is arrested. Yes. And then is starting to be tortured. So then Ben Johnson goes, goes into, into a the story. Yeah. And within that story are flashbacks to several different time periods that jump around chaotically. And then at the very end, it reminds you, hey, this is actually a guy being tortured telling this story. And that guy being tortured is actually in a play that's taking place in modern times. Yes. It it's a Nolan film. It's, it's a it's dream a, yeah. within a dream within a dream. <laughs> yes. It's got, it's got like, I would, like, I, I, I would try to give a full synopsis of this movie. I don't really know how to. All you really need to know is that it goes through, um, the release of all the Shakespeare hits, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) as they're put on and it kind of focuses on the relationship between Ben Johnson, the Earl of Oxford, and um William Shakespeare and then the queen queen elizabeth the 1st because um, yeah i was going to say cecils i was going to say it's more like a relationship between the earl of oxford eddie i'm going to call him uh-huh. eddie eddie oxford mm-hmm. and Slash like, the lizard i i'm going to call him the lizard <laughs> i'm going to also lizard. call him the lizard no i think that's disrespectful because that's a shit movie this movie is disrespectful this movie is this incredibly disrespectful <laughs> Oh, Wesley, man. Wesley, I watched I it think twice. You, oh, I know, God. but you deserve better. You I don't know. have to settle for this. Just because you love seeing Shakespeare plays doesn't mean you have to settle for this. You can ask for more from a movie. I was genuinely surprised how how entertaining and twisty the plot was. Like, don't oh. tell me that you expected any of this to occur. I sure didn't expect <laughs> there it. There was one twist, which I don't, I'm, I don't no, think no, we're no, quite we ready to, to talk about. I'm just yeah, saying we'll there's one twist that made all of this worthwhile for me, but not in a good way. More like it happened and I was laughing my ass off. Um, yeah. Lily. So I, yeah. Please, please, if you would, could you tell us your favorite and least favorite quote? <laughs> From this movie. Yeah, so this this is a segment that um, I think uh, the, our, our dear listeners will enjoy. So I take my favorite quote, and then I take my least favorite quote. Uh, some for good reason, some for bad. So my least favorite quote is uh, pretty early uh, towards the beginning of this, where the Earl of Oxford is um, sort of ushering in Ben Johnson into his world and kind of telling him, like, okay, hey, I'm going to write these. You're going to publish them. This is how this is going to go. And it's kind of sinister. A lot of it is in dark. Um, I'm scrolling through my notes to find the right line. Um, Okay, here we go. So we just suggested that, you know, this is what they do. And Earl of Oxford says, don't look at me like I just got at your pet dog, Johnson. There's a lot of like Dorian Gray energy, like that extra mm-hmm. interview like, with a vampire. Where the hell did that, that come guy. from? Yeah, like that's a lot. Um, and it like it could have just been like, oh, don't look at me. But it had to be. I got your pet dog, Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> it had to be so serious. And then uh, my favorite uh, towards the towards the end is uh, the great Vanessa Redgrave as Elizabeth. She's looking out the window, sort of pondering her reign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she said. Very offhandedly, the King of Spain, Mary Queen of Scots, four French kings, eight popes, they all wanted me dead. But here I am. 
that, by the way, was Kinda my cool. favorite uh, line as well. I wasn't mad at mm-hmm. that. No, I, that's, that's a cool. Also, okay. I think Vanessa Redgrave polished a turd with this role. I love yeah. Vanessa. She, she was a good queen. I, yeah, I she think nailed it. Too, if I think I can summarize just generally, because there's two kind of stories going on, and yeah. I feel like it's important just to understand like what we're talking about. So you got the whole like the lizard is the author of Damn the it. Shakespeare play, Oxford. <laughs> no, o- all right, that's fine. No, o- do, Oxford just keep going. slash the lizard <laughs> is the author of all the Shakespeare plays. He's like putting them out because he can't. Uh, then there's this subplot where Queen Elizabeth I is kind of coming towards the end of her reign. She's old and dying. And historically, it was King James of Scotland who mm-hmm. succeeded her. But there's yep. this group of people who think that, you know, she might have some illegitimate children who could actually claim the throne instead of King James. And so there's also this kind of political yeah. And one of them uprising. has the best hair you've the ever seen. The best fucking hair. It's curly. It's luxurious. Which one are it's, you talking about? Uh, well, I the mean, that's South getting Hampton. The, the the one that, that the lizard yeah, takes I, a, a I think, liking to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Southampton. The yeah, one, their, Southampton. their child. Um, yeah, oh, the, the are we going to not let... Are we going to just well, spoil this? Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, we could just get into it because then we can just talk about... Well, that, let's just... let's Yes. So the Earl of Oxford and the Queen supposedly had a secret child. Because they were banging all over the they place. And just, she's a little older than him. A little bit. Um, apparently, um, the Earl of Oxford uh, wrote Midsummer's Night's Dream when he was like seven uh nine years old if if this story is to be believed (laughs) time-wise performed it at court yeah Yeah, performed performed it at court court as puck and also in front of the queen in front of the queen yeah and then when he was uh a little bit older jolie richardson yes he's a little bit older perhaps he and the queen got a little frisky as Um, and and perhaps there was a uh a child from that (gasps) uh rendezvous um, who uh, uh, had the just just gotta Some emphasize the best hair. hair, the best hair. <laughs> it's just like long, like halfway down his back, curly, super like beautiful ring- ringlets. Conditioned. Like this hair, I just want to make it clear: this hair rivals the hair of the women in Troy. Mm. Like that's on the level of hair that this is. Like this is Helen of Troy hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Apt like honestly super jealous of this man's Do you locks. think it was extensions yeah. or a wig? Oh, it was definitely a wig. I want to believe a wig. I was like I want to believe that he rolled out of bed and just said <laughs> today I, I was I'm perfect. In today. like 15th century England where uh, everyone else has like bedraggled normal hair. Yeah. Where everybody The only two really beautiful aesthetic choices uh, for fashion from the characters are that man's luxurious hair and the lizard, AKA Oxford, AKA author of Shakespeare's plays with his super dark <laughs> eyeshadow. Yeah. Cause he wears the entire movie. He's got like eyeliner, <laughs> eyeshadow. It's a, it's a look. Yeah. He He's looks a good. Writer. Yeah. <laughs> also every writer, the way that you know that a character is a writer in this movie mm. is if they have an ink stained hand at all times. Yep. I thought that was actually kind of a, eh, actually I, I won't defend that. Yeah. That was kind of silly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, will, they don't wash their hands as much back then, I guess. Yeah. I guess and and yeah. I'll <laughs> say, Lily, uh, for you, once again, um, this movie was nominated for an Oscar. Do you know what for? Oh, yeah. God damn it. Costume design? Sure was costume design. I'm so surprised. Like, 
Costume dramas deserve better. Like, this is... <laughs> here's the thing with this movie. I'm going to just go on my little spiel here. So, I... Uh, I'm obsessed with like Renaissance England, like Queen Elizabeth's like mm-hmm. whole life. So I, uh, I messaged Wesley and I said, I'm feeling how I'm guessing you must have felt when we watched Amber- Abraham Lincoln Vampire <laughs> Hunter. Mm-hmm. Just like feeling like something has been like bastardized and like slandered. Like the and history maligned. that you love. Like the history mm-hmm. that you yeah, know like and I love. I feel like protective. Yeah. 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 I, so just a little bit thing about like uh, Elizabeth, like, she was called the Virgin Queen, and it is speculated whether or not, like, because uh, this one lover who I thought would be in the movie because Robert he Dudley? was like, is that her? Yes, you're thinking Robert of? Yeah. Dudley. I thought Robert Dudley would be a character mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, nowhere to be found. He's not even a, he's not even mm-hmm. mentioned. So that was a whole thing that I had a problem with because I'm like, yeah. yeah, like if you're gonna have her be with someone exactly i i thought the same thing too like i'm okay because i I, you know there's a lot of evidence that says she probably wasn't no it was so long ago yeah but like if you're gonna be having her have an affair and like have that whole thing it should be one of because she there are several suitors who like yes if she was ever going to have an affair with someone it was probably one of them not this random edward devere oxford guy who is a real person but yeah there's like literally no evidence that they ever had can we talk about that can we talk about sorry can we talk about the like Oxfordian theory? Like that's the the thing sure. that. So this is Roland Emmerich's uh, passion project. He produced this this himself. That's why I was so shocked yes. with some of the twists and turns that happened that we'll mention later. <laughs> where I was like, yes. this got produced by a studio. Sorry, what what are you going to say, Peter? The, uh, yeah, no, ju- I just want to add to that. So uh, for context, he is coming off uh, three. If not critical successes, major box office successes. He made Day After Tomorrow, followed by 10,000 BC, followed by 2012. All three of them made bank. He was rolling in it. People uh, loved Roland these movies. Roland was rolling in it? Yes. Mm. Uh, and so he uh, provided all the money and financial backing for this movie so he could have complete control. Yeah, and and he wanted to kind of tell the tale of this Oxfordian theory, which, by the way, I'm sure that you guys were a little surprised by Mark Rylance's appearance in this. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, the greatest, arguably the greatest Shakespearean actor living today. That's who Mark Rylance is. He believes is, in and this they theory. Got him. Yes. He believes yeah. in this theory. Yeah. And so does Derek uh, Jacobi. Yep. So they yep. both and- believe in this theory that Shakespeare couldn't have wrote these plays. And I was watching videos and Roland talking about it himself. And he comes off as quite a contemptuous ass when he kind of gives these facts. Like, (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think Shakespeare will do this. And a lot of it was (laughs) circumstantial. Like one of his examples was like, he retired and went to the country. You know, if I, (laughs) If I would ever retire, I would still have my hand in like the movie making process. And I'm like, yeah, but that was that's yeah. you. That's a circumstantial mm-hmm. evidence. You can't prove mm-hmm. this. in present day. And also yeah. Oxford was dead when the last ten of Shakespeare's oh, plays I know, came out. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but the theory is that okay, they talk about court a lot, and there's these inner workings of court that that 
Shakespeare knew. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is a nobleman. Uh, we know that Oxford was a prolific writer, I guess, of his day and mm-hmm. age. So they think that, okay, well, he wrote some plays. Maybe this is him uh, giving it to a guy in the slum so he could do this. What's up, Lily? Also, Keanu Reeves uh, believes in this theory as well. Just uh, thought I'd put that uh, out there. Thank you. Oh, I, yeah, the, a you lot did. of these aren't necessarily sources that I would. No, and, <laughs> like, and, oh yeah, they believe that. These are <laughs> well, my thing them? is like, no, they don't know what he like. They don't have a record. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of like Obama's birth certificate. There's not like mm-hmm. a written record that he went to grammar school. Everybody uh-huh. just yeah. knows he went to grammar school. Yeah. And his his children We've were illiterate. Seen Obama's birth certificate, though, I know, that feels but like it, a false equivalency. Well, I mean, it's just like this is a ridiculous theory as well, is what I'm trying to say. Okay, and, and it's like it doesn't. Well, yeah, because like there's not a record that William Shakespeare went to grammar school, but the station that he was in and in the town he was is, it's very unlikely that he wouldn't have gone. Exactly. To that school. Yeah. So exactly. it's, yeah, it's, it's like, there's no reason that people should call that into question just because there's not a record because records get lost. Like it's hundreds of years ago. <laughs> yeah. 400 uh, years when ago. You think about too, like all the, those big fires in London uh-huh. that like destroyed everything and just how long ago this was like, it's so like, that's the thing too with Elizabeth. Like if, if, as this movie says, if she had all these bastards, like, we don't really like it's so kind of stupid because it's like we can't definitively say no you're wrong but also no major historian has ever posited that mm-hmm. has ever said oh she definitely went on retreat <laughs> and gave birth to like five kids and lily, and lily you like, you mentioned to me like we talked about it a little she was a very watched over person because there were so many people trying to go after her throne mm-hmm. if they got one whiff of like anything any of these rumors they would have they would have pounced yeah yeah the catholics would have like all her enemies that were still in england they would have totally right this was also um which i this one point i'll give to the movie is elizabeth's reign was more tolerant like religiously but it was still a police state Mm. so all the severities with punishment and all the kind of observing of everyone that's and including her like her life would have been so documented yeah. That it just feels well, really stupid that they posit this theory because her life was so much more interesting than just she fell in love with all these guys. And I love him. Bastards. Well, yeah, I and I guess it's him. like I I could I could see maybe her having one kid that she was able to sneakily uh-huh. have pregnant to, but this movie claims that she had like she was just popping kids <laughs> yeah. out like right and left and She's always like the just, old like, lady who lived in cannon. a shoe with all her like. 11 yeah. children like the <laughs> last thing i'll say had a claim to the throne <laughs> and yeah and also because at that time especially like women died in childbirth all the time and if she was able to just keep you know with no health mm-hmm. effects at all One and just totally another. fine people like, died that of kidney stones likely. back then and they couldn't well, yeah. pass their own <laughs> kidney people died stones. of people breathing died. too hard back then. <laughs> <laughs> i will say and this, this last too like it, uh, just for the last thing for that oxford Fordian theory. <laughs> I uh, this is this is kind of my most favorite point is that yes, we don't know a lot about Shakespeare, but all of the other members and like there was Christopher Marlowe in the movie, there was Ben mm-hmm. Johnson in the movie, who was other, dead at the time. Yeah, so <laughs> these guys, we don't know a lot about them either. Like we don't know uh-huh. where Ben Johnson was born definitively. We don't know yeah. anything about them. Yeah, they were great. And I, and I've play heard, and yeah, 
uh, you know, like I, I've heard too with Shakespeare, it's like the only reason it's called into question so much whether or not he actually wrote this place is because there's so many and they are so good and they've held they up for so, so long good. and they are like so many classic stories that we're constantly referring to. I think people just have a hard time believing that some guy who didn't come from like, you know, a super wealthy family or background or anything was able to do all of this. And, you know, if he had been just a nobleman and that was documented, like no one would ever question that this one guy was able to do all that. It's just that he doesn't yeah. have the background that you'd expect for being able to do this. Well, it's not like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I don't know what equivalent I could make, but it's not like some, like the best books of our generation are being written by, the Lord Earl of Oxford now. Like yeah. that just doesn't mm -hmm. like middle-class writers. They're insightful. Yeah. What? yeah I know. <laughs> they what? don't exist. The fuck out of here. Um, and yeah, and I get it too. Cause like the argument is like, okay, well it's not like he had internet or like the way to like, research what court life was like but you know theater queen elizabeth the first was a very big fan of theater and you know mm -hmm. people yeah. in theater were welcomed into court to perform and i feel like you know if you're a smart enough guy to have written these plays you could probably pick up on a lot just from those right and he also this was still low art we got to think of it as like low art it was oh, right yeah. next it, to a whorehouse yeah. and a bear baiting mm -hmm. place. yeah not 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 held to the level that we hold Shakespeare today. No. Yeah. So like this was like, low I did art. enjoy the I did enjoy the scenes where you see the groundlings. That was my favorite. Yeah. I think just seeing especially when you think of a broad audience like people who don't really maybe have the most context or like understanding of like what this actually would have been like seeing how interactive it was and how sort of like pro like proletariat a lot of this would have felt like to them. Um, I think was cool seeing that. Mm -hmm. I'll give this movie that. Yeah. I enjoyed the groundling stuff. Well, now can, that we've I... ripped the Oxfordian theory like apart. Oh, sorry, Peter. Yes. What's up? No, uh, this has nothing to do with the Oxfordian theory. Uh, it's just my favorite uh, theory that the movie puts forward. So the movie puts forward a lot of a lot of different theories. A lot of wacky about stuff what actually happened. Uh, my personal favorite. Is that William Shakespeare, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, invented crowd surfing? Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. After a uh, uh, performance of what? What was the? What was the play? Romeo uh, and Henry Juliet. Fifth, I think it. I wanna... Oh no, maybe, maybe it was. Oh Henry V when when uh, Saint Crispin's Day when they're in France. Uh, Once more into the trench. No, I think that was the anonymous one, like when he first revealed himself, and he's like, "Thank yeah. you, I oh. could have done it without my my actor buddies." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he he yeah. comes out like basically the first Romeo quote unquote too. Shakespeare play uh, that was performed. Crowd went wild. They'd never seen anything like I, it. Oh, I am a pentameter. Digging what? It. They couldn't even pronounce it. They're like, I'm. Uh, I guess that oh, was yeah. Romeo and Juliet. And so, uh, yeah, and so uh, Billy Shakes comes out and he goes, thank you, thank you. And they love him so much that they pull him into the crowd and surf him across the, not the Globe Theater, just something, just a place that looked exactly like the Globe yeah, Theater. Yeah, I'm not sure. They tried to differentiate the two theaters, but I, know, I still don't know like, okay, this It was the same set. It might have be been the same set. I'm it not a good enough uh, uh, Shakespeare historian to actually understand what that was. Yeah. yeah. Well, in my research, it was just called the Ben Johnson Theater. Oh. Mm. Which okay. I don't think that was the actual name of it, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who knows? 
Oh, Ben. Um, jo- oh, one sorry. Thing- Go on. Everybody. Oh, okay. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson's, you guys, Uh, the dialect in this movie. So we're all going to, let's go around and we're all going to do our best uh, impression of what people sounded in this movie. So I'll go first. I'll do Ben Johnson. I really cockney pirate. I write all these plays. Sounds Australian, yes. He sounds like an Australian pirate. It was a very forced British accent. Oh, I can't remember a single line of dialogue remember? in this movie. No, I don't remember any oh, dialogue either, it. but he definitely had a very like, oh, I'm doing a British accent. Do you know what He's that like, is? I've oh, come from Southampton. Cool, blimey, Mary Poppins. Yeah. Do you know Shakespeare didn't write anything? Yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll say uh, me, me and Sam watched this movie on Tuesday. I believe uh, Monday. I think Monday. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We watched it on Monday, which was uh, in our defense six days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the movie was finished, I turned to Sam and said, "I'm going to need to read a Spark Notes uh, to talk <laughs> about this movie at all because this was one of the least memorable movies I've ever seen oh in my, my entire we, life. We I had to keep pausing it to go, excuse me, what is happening? Yeah, we, What's going on? Multiple who points, so you, who, had, you guys had what I had with Dark Skies. Yeah. We, we paused the movie okay. and had to explain to each other what was <laughs> like, actively I happening on screen. this guy like, doesn't like plays, but also like he's got that creepy son and I don't really understand son. what the creepy son Oh, I love Hunchback wants. Son. Edward Hogg, I think that actor's name is. Yeah, it was Edward Hogg. Dude, I want to see him in so many things. He was so Machiavellian. Oh, he was like... Oh, it, such a good evil face. Do you, do you think Hello, we're, my the Lord. thing is like this? Yes, my so, Lord. So like the thing with that character is like yes, you're the Cecil. So they always like as the movie goes on, there was like oh the Cecils, the political dynasty known as. It's like okay, there were two guys. There was the father and the son. <laughs> uh-huh. It's hardly a dynasty. Cecil and other Cecil. <laughs> yeah, William, William Cecil who helped get Elizabeth into David power, Thewlis. and then Robert, his son, Edward Hogg. Yeah, and you would think that the only people who got Elizabeth on the throne were the Cecils. And it's like, no, she had all these other really powerful Protestants that came in from exile when she came into power. Like, you would think that, like, English history was written by the Cecils. And it's so arbitrary to make, because in the movie, they're like, oh, Robert Cecil is like Richard III, this this evil hunchback. I'm like, he might have been... like a dwarf or like a small, like she called him pygmy. Like mm-hmm. she had kind of a mean name for him historically. <laughs> so like, yeah, like she, he could have been like, but like, wait, you're saying, off. you're saying like, he could have been so a hun- hunchback because of the word pygmy. He could have been like a, he could have been a small person or he could have, he's like, it's kind of, there's it's certain the speculations. Like he could, that he's something. right. Or he could have just had scoliosis. Yeah. Ew. Like, <laughs> or he could have just been ugly. Ew! <laughs> God forbid. Uh, but it was such an God arbitrary forbid. choice to be like the Cecils. We're gonna make them the bad. It's like fuck uh, off. They, well, they I really did because <laughs> their whole plot scheme makes absolutely no sense. And I feel like, can I? Can I go on? It, Get I, on your soapbox before before you do it. Oh, I want to. I want to say my my. My fa- I said I don't remember any of the lines. That was a lie. I remember one line. <laughs> You hypocrite. Uh, it is when the uh, uh, the Earl of Oxford is a young man. Uh-huh. Um, and he has been married to William Cecil's daughter. Are you um, following this audience? Yes. <laughs> Do you know what uh, we're talking about? Uh, yeah, everything clear? So Will- <laughs> yeah, William yeah. Cecil is like the main mastermind political guy. Lupin. 
Lupin. Lupin, yes. Yes. So uh, the lizard has married Lupin's daughter. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, and <laughs> Young lizard. Young lizard. Young lizard. Thank you. And uh, you can tell why we get confused easily. Uh, and he hasn't had any children. Um, and so Lupin figures out about young lizard's tryst with the queen um, and uh, uh, threatens to do something. I can't remember. Lock him in a tower? Well, the he tower did lock him in the tower. Yeah, because yeah, actually, historically, the no. Duke Girl Wait, of Oxford was imprisoned in the Tower of London because, and this is, a, this is an actual historical fact, he was imprisoned in the Tower of London because he was caught having an affair and he got this, like, maid of the queen's Bessie. pregnant Yes, uh, while he was married to Lupin's daughter, yes. William Cecil. Um, and so William Cecil, in the most threatening way possible, uh, uh, punishes the Earl of Oxford. Is like, now you get out of here and have sex with my daughter. Is that the quote? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you will give me grandchildren. Or something. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that that's not the exact quote, but like that's the intention. Okay. Oh, I okay. love the. You I, go over there and you give it to her. Good. I know what yeah. my worst line is. The worst line that I heard that made me go, "Am I watching League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's Dorian Gray again?" Was young lizard talking to uh, Lupin. For the first mm-hmm. time, after he killed um, the person, like Lupin sent an assassin to check out what Young Lizard was doing, and found oh, out yeah. Young Lizard was writing. But then Young Lizard comes in, so the assassin hides uh, behind a curtain, uh, like in Shakespeare's There's- Hamlet, and then he stabs him, and then it finds out it's uh, Will uh, Lupin's uh, assassin. So they're talking again, and. And William's like, don't write. Writing's bad. We're Puritan. That's demon worship. And then, and then, <laughs> young lizard says, my soul is my work. What it was he saying? Oh, my God. My yeah, writing like, is. It's my soul. Writing <laughs> yeah, like, is my like, soul. Or something I remember like that. when Peter and I were watching this, we had the same thing. We were like, it's such a kid, like, teenage being like, you don't understand yeah. my oh, art, Dad. Like, my poems are my soul. <laughs> oh, yeah, go. that's it. Yeah. It's like, you just don't get it. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, I wrote like 13 sonnets today, Dad. <laughs> I wrote, fire is like ice in my veins. Isn't that a good <laughs> line? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, this um I love that. This movie, it's like um so I'm um, Sam, I think you can agree with me. We watched a lot of like tutors and like oh, Elizabethan yeah. I mean, I dramas love, growing up. I love up. this era, like I love Shakespeare. Just like you it's, love this yeah. movie, we hear you, Sam. Uh, You're on my side. I hear false. you. Mm-hmm. Okay. False. <laughs> um and so just seeing how like I don't know, you guys might be able to describe it better. Like the way the this movie looks, I hated like the color saturation. Really, I really you know liked I mean? the way it looked. I, oh, it I felt liked just, it like, sometimes. Really artificial and, and forced. Yeah, I'm with you both. I liked it sometimes, especially in the globe. But then sometimes, and also in the globe, it sound looked really bad. Like I don't. It was mm-hmm. weird because, yeah, it's half and half for and, me. And, like, it just felt like people had watched the John Orloff, the writer, had seen The Tudors and Elizabeth and, like, all the, you know, all those great movies drunk. Mm-hmm. And was like, I got an idea. 
we're going to make this movie. And it's like, no, this isn't nuanced at all. It's so like, it just feels like Hollywood trying to do England in the most annoying way possible. Well, and that, which is Roland Emmerich even American? Is he's he British? French or something? Like th- this was the first oh, really? time I saw him. It feels so American. Like this yeah. is England. Well, he does no, American does. movies really well. If I mean, uh, if you look at oh yeah, but that's. He, he, yeah, I don't he, know if I would describe is, um, any of his movies as well. Yeah, oh. he is American by culture. Mm. Oh. And the, and that's like another good point, like now that Willie's kind of brought up some of these other historical fiction Shakespeare things, like don't get me wrong, I love historical fiction and I don't necessarily feel like it, it has to be completely to fact. In fact, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, playing around with facts in order to like make a good story in historical fiction. The problem with this movie is I just feel like what it chose to fictionalize made no sense and it didn't make the plot more exciting it made it very boring and hard to follow and none of it was based on any real facts so it was both boring and also completely untrue i'm exactly i'm gonna have to disagree with you it made it (laughs) fascinating have you guys ever watched i talked to the talk to uh lily about this um have you guys ever watched jfk (sighs) I've not no. seen JFK. Oh my gosh. It is worth a watch. It is <laughs> tinfoil conspiracy theorists. Oh God. At its it's Oliver Stone's JFK. Oh boy. And it's like oh, here's all the theories of <laughs> of JFK's assassination. <laughs> We're gonna make all of them con- intertwined <laughs> and connected. And so somehow it's like Johnson working with the CIA, working with the New Orleans mafia, working with the New Orleans gay scene, which is really weird. Working with the Cubans. Working with the Cubans, working with the Russians, working with Leah Javier Arsweld. It just goes on and on. And it culminates in like what what what's the guy's what's what's his name? The the guy who played in Dances with Wolves, the Kevin Kevin Costner, Costner, like going on a 30-minute like rant about how it all happened that sounds insane oh my god it sounds insane yeah, it sounds like this movie it sounds yeah. like a 17 paragraph like like thing that you find on a QAnon like reddit uh-huh. thread and it's said by the golden boy kevin costner and you walk out of the movie and you're like what the fuck was that? <laughs> I loved this movie because of that too. Where it uh, was like, huh, well, I really enjoy this theory. Yes. <laughs> I don't believe Sam, a word. Sam, if you would, yes, uh, please I, drop the hot theory I on us. I am so excited for this. So I'm going to I'm going to start this with getting back a little bit into how the Cecils have some big <coughs> evil mastermind plot that makes absolutely no sense. So, as we've mentioned before, uh, the lizard is banging the queen of England. They have uh-huh. a bastard son and with that's the best what, hair. Par- with the best hair. That's and that's it. part of what this like revolution is to maybe try to get him on the throne instead of King James of Scotland. His friend uh, on the throne who is also a bastard. His friend, his friend. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So she's got a lot. Yeah. Of oh, right, right, right. All right. But anyways, anyways, Essex, so like lizard has this bastard kid with queen Elizabeth. So evil, Little uh, Robert Cecil. Robert Cecil <laughs> yeah. comes in. Uh, his I think his dad's dead at this point. He's yeah. old, uh, and he comes in and he's like starting to talk to the lizard about like their little plot for like his whole life. And he reveals that like 
uh, he was actually also a bastard son of lizard someone. And they that. were really, the lizard yes. was a bastard son of someone. And they wanted him to marry uh, the Cecil's daughter because they wanted them to have a kid and then that child to become the heir to a throne and i'm sitting here going oh my god no no is queen elizabeth also his mom and i was like so sure they were just gonna keep it in like period speak like not spell it out but you just start to be like oh my god this is an oedipus situation where the lizard is banging queen elizabeth and had a kid with her and that's also his mom but no they just keep hammering that home oh, yeah. like didn't know you were gonna grow up to be incestuous boy like, <laughs> like, they did use the word incestuous just, like, spelling like, it out oh like God. so you banged your mom we were really hoping that as her kid you were gonna just have another kid with our family so that that kid could inherit the throne but no you had a kid with your mom yeah and that's why he's got such amazing hair it's inbred hair <laughs> <laughs> You really want to get that, uh, you want it to hold the style. Uh-huh. You have to yeah. do inbreeding. You got to do inbreeding to you get gotta, that curl. Yeah. <laughs> got to bang your mom. And the whole while, like, Elizabeth is just maneuvered and used by all these men. And it's like. Yeah, she was kind of a no, pawn. No, she was. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. would, like, she, and I'm. I promise I'm not going to be the historical stickler the whole time. This is just the last <laughs> point I'll make. Like, she was a brilliant like stateswoman mm-hmm. like she was able to maneuver her life where she was this nothing illegitimate bastard daughter into Gloriana who defeated the Spanish Armada who ushered in this golden age of like religious tolerance for mm-hmm. England and like the re- like she did all these things and then you would think the only thing she did was get pregnant they did her dirty like and exist yeah. while Shakespeare's plays were being written yeah. that, that, yeah. her greatest accomplishment they, they was that he wrote these her, plays in her time make her give him a freaking like blowjob for a second I, I was <laughs> like I like, I was like no not Queen Elizabeth like oh my god like and, and then, then like, also again, it turns out it's her kid. Like, you, it's just so annoying because it's like, no, she stopped the Inquisition from coming to the English Isles. I'm, like, stop. I'm also, I'm just so sorry. Like, in, incest, that, there is literally nothing no, that ever searched. points to this at no. all. We searched no. for even, days. And, and so it's not even like one that it ever points that like they ever had an affair and had a kid together. That's also not a thing. But it's also definitely not a thing that he was ever even possibly one of her bastard kids. And so I just, for the life of me, cannot understand no. why that was like the big sneaky twist they wanted twist. to be like, this is the Oedipus story. Like, you didn't see it coming, I Shakespeare's guess. Shakespeare's actually the original Oedipus. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think it, yeah, I think it yeah, was... that line in Hamlet about damned incest really brings true. <laughs> oh, I, I think, honestly, the I think that was why... The whole relationship with Gertrude and Hamlet. <laughs> I think that was what he was going for because there was a lot of like life... Um, reflects reality or whatever the story reflects reality so like yeah the the whole mm-hmm. he he killed the assassin behind the curtain just like hamlet killed polonius behind the curtain and polonius was yeah. kind of in th- this this story in anonymous uh it's supposed to be a representation of lupin's character um, King Richard III is supposed to be a representation of uh, the younger Cecil, um, which I love that uh, showdown at the end where Rit- Queen, uh, whatever his name is, the younger Cecil, I'm just going to call him Robert, Robert Cecil. 
Uh, my favorite Cecil. Who's your favorite Cecil? Mine is oh, Robert. It's gotta be William. It's gotta be the OG. No, it's Pete Best for me. He wasn't even in the band. Okay. Um <laughs> sorry. Uh yeah, and I love that showdown where he's trying to get all the all the uh the groundlings on his side to support Essex and take the throne. Oh, mm-hmm. but I was talking Which, about the um, life and stuff. Yeah. The the yes, life. life imitates art. Exactly, and I, I I thought that was why he did the whole Oedipus complex with Queen Elizabeth and himself. No reason, mm-hmm. but it was a good twist. But again, disrespectful. It was a good twist, though. Yeah. No, it wasn't. I. No. <laughs> so, I don't normally get into like. Usually when I'm criticizing a movie, like, I'll come after the screenplay, I'll come after the director, uh, some of the actors. One of the people I usually don't come after, because I know a lot of them work very hard to save movies, is the editor. (laughs) But I will say, I've been looking this guy up. His name's Peter R. Adam. He was uh, the editor for Anonymous. Um... Wow, calling him out by name, yeah. too. <laughs> it's like, my guy, he could have made this movie so much more comprehensible. I don't know if, like, uh, if um, Roland Emmerich came in and was, like, very insistent, like, because, like we said, he funded the entire movie. He had final say on everything. Um, so I, I don't know what the uh, situation in the editing bay was like, but if this movie had been laid out simply chronologically i think i would have enjoyed it more because like there's there's plenty of like mystery and intrigue in this movie that is answered immediately is like oh what's going on flashback i'll tell you exactly what's going on this happened mm-hmm. go come back to the present mm-hmm. day i was like oh okay thanks yeah like um like if the, if this movie had played out from like the day that the Earl of Oxford is like brought into the uh, uh, like tutelage of the Cecils um, and just plays all the way up through his life to meeting Ben Johnson to like uh, all the play work to the to Shakespeare claiming the plays to all all of this intrigue ending with the uh, uh, greatest fan theory of all time. Um <laughs> I think I would have really enjoyed this movie, but because it was edited in such a way that I couldn't follow any of the plot lines mm-hmm. because every time you started digging into the plot lines, we went somewhere else. Um, yeah, it's like you you ruin the momentum by doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, uh, it didn't work really for this one, no, but because it no. was, they went 40 years in the past at one point. Uh, yes. Yeah, and let's not forget that this is all surrounded by a framing device which then has another framing device around that yes Yes. the 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 story takes place in a flashback in a play it would have been kind of a cool reveal if it would have been like and that's the story like you like they zoom out at the Uh end and says or the oxford had died or lizard had died and then it zooms back to present day and you're like whoa it is a play you know like uh-huh. But just to know that it is a play within a play within a flashback is like, yeah. wow, a lot of layers there. Wow. Oh, uh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, would you like to hear some of the awards that this movie got nominated for? Best Razzie's incest, incest <laughs> portrayal ever. 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so Germany loved this movie. Um, this was a, a mostly German production. A um, lot of German crew shot in Germany. Um, it uh, won uh, Best Editing. Um, a German edited this movie. Disagree. Yeah. Uh, it won Best Editing. It won Best Cinematography, Best Production Design, Best Costume Design, Best Makeup, Best Sound, and was nominated for Best Feature all at the German Film Awards. Okay. Uh, over in England, it was nominated for Worst British Actor, Reese Evans. Oh. Uh, worst British Supporting Actor, uh, Derek Jacoby. And oh. Worst wow. Brit- British Supporting Actress, Vanessa Redgrave. Whoa, those three <laughs> I would disagree with. Yes, I thought they did quite a good job with what I they were they given. I thought they did the best Especially with what they were Redgrave. given. Like, she is one yes. of the most interesting actresses to like whenever she's on screen, I'm always really drawn. Maybe to they her just characters. wanted to punish them. They're like, "Hey, y'all are some of our better British actors. Why did you just like? Why did uh-huh. you allow yourself to be in this movie?" I feel that? like that's it. Yeah, bad award. I, I get really happy thinking about like Vanessa Redgrave just in the trailer, just like not giving a shit. She's already memorized her lines, and she's like, I don't care. I get to work on a set with my daughter. Who else can say that? Like, she just doesn't. Just how unfazed yeah. she might have been mm. by all this. Like, that makes me happy. Thinking like, oh, well, who gives a shit? You know, like, <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I, I have a question for the group. Um, I, w- I was talking with Sam about this earlier, and I couldn't really remember what happened. Do you guys remember the scene where the uh, uh, Duke of Oxford is, like, dueling with a guy, and yeah. then all of a sudden that guy starts, like, attacking him for real, and then the Duke just straight murders him? Yeah, I do. What was that? Oh, I know. It was... Yeah, I... Was that a real thing? What happened there? Yeah, so... Uh, so... It was... Robert Cecil and younger Cecil, no, sorry, William and Robert Cecil were talking and saying, oh, we're in danger because I think they just found out that uh, Oxford was the one who's writing these popular Shakespeare plays and they Ah. knew that this was going to be used as a weapon against them to get the people on their side. So it was like, what do we need to do? Well, we need to send an assassin to kill Essex, which is one of the bastards who was trying to take control of the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do that. And then we need to, uh, we need to send uh, an assassin to Earl of Oxford. And then Robert's like, how are we going to do that? We don't have access to him. He's very careful and wary about us. Well, we have to pay a fortune to the, like, a fencing master or something. So that was it. Ah. So that's ah. like trying to be like you see like in Hamlet when Hamlet and Laertes fight, but it's like for but real. But it's a real. Oh, fight? you just yeah. you just revealed that, that it's another Shakespeare reference, so it's even smarter. Uh. And if I like, as God is my <laughs> witness, if Sorry. I ever hear like the director's commentary for this movie, like hearing Ronald Emmerich being like. Roland. You see, Roland, she's like, it's like a play within a play, you know, like it is the framing in the play in the Broadway, and then it's the flashback, then it is another flashback. I'm like, oh my, like, I can just, he, like, see him being like, we did all the play within the play. Yeah, no, I, I imagine um, that he would be as, because again, I watched that, like, video of him explaining himself, and he was not very humble. 
or he was very pompous. And I think that yeah, <laughs> the truth is he to like to he advertised this movie. There there was a big ad campaign that was simply Roland Emmerich sitting, which I just looked up. He's German. Oh, big surprise. so that makes a lot okay. of sense. I was all filmed um, in Germany. <laughs> yeah, he is uh, a big part of the ad campaign was Roland Emmerich sitting in a white void, looking directly at the camera, listing 10 reasons That's why the one Shakespeare I was a fraud. That's the one I watched. Oh and my it was God. That was part of the advertising campaign. Yeah. Uh. All right. So one thing that I will point out and say that this is probably the least controversial thing that I love about this movie uh-huh. is this is the scope of it. Like, Roland Emmerich is really good at doing scope. Like, this is why I love Independence mm. Day. I even love Day After Tomorrow because he really... Every once in a while, he will just zoom out on the world and you'll just yeah. see how massive a scale this world is. So he zooms mm-hmm. out a few times and shows... Camp, um, what? Battle campgrounds... Um, mm. The funeral of um, Elizabeth was of really queen, cool. Yeah. Uh, some of the, like, like King Richard or what? I, I, uh, Robert Cecil versus the people. They had like a lot of zoom outs of London at that time. I think mm-hmm. it added a lot. Like a period pieces, I don't ever see that happen. I think it's always like close up shots because yeah. in the background you can see palm trees. You know, or like a car. Yeah. Uh, they they did a good portion of the budget. Um, like, like I said, a lot of this movie was filmed in Germany. A good portion of the budget went to very intricately recreating old London. Hmm. Um, a lot of these sets were practical. Um, that's cool. Like the the bigger elements were digital. Like obviously the uh, uh, anything over like the Thames and mm-hmm. like right. all that stuff. Um, but yeah, they, he paid particularly close attention to recreating a accurate looking London. So I'm sure what one, he is good at, uh, establishing his whole world, but two probably wanted to show that off a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that was cool. I, I will say like, yeah, like getting to see like, and, and I don't feel like I normally noticed shots like that, but seeing old timey Shakespearean London at that big of a like scope mm-hmm. and from that sort of angle that was that was cool um now to follow up wesley's one like not controversial thing he really liked about it this is one thing i forgot to mention earlier another thing that minor but very much annoyed me <laughs> is how excited everyone got or like confused they were when they're performing uh romeo and juliet and they're all iambic pentameter it's written in verse what is this how are we supposed to perform a play in verse when like iambic (laughs) pentameter was used for many many scripts long before romeo and juliet even all the way back to like ancient greek tragedies (laughs) written in verse and in iambic pentameter and yet when they perform Romeo and Juliet, everyone is just completely flabbergasted yeah. by the use like, of verse. This is like a peanut gallery. Yeah, like the up whole, there. the whole like ensemble of like writers and playwrights are bumbling idiots. Or yeah, like Machiavelli, like 
like Christopher Mar- Marlowe is an absolute like, mm, I'm going yeah. to tell I'm the tower. This. And that's the thing. Like, make a movie that's just about who killed Marlowe and why they killed Shakespeare Marlo. did. No, like there's <laughs> the, the actor who played Christopher Marlowe too was like going like over the top, like mustache twirling villain <laughs> really and like was. just like. So, like, I think he literally had a mustache. Like, he might have, in fact, actually twirled at one point. Like, it was that level of just over the top. Those, like, three actors were, like, the who's who of HBO limited series. Yeah. Like, the big one was Sir Dantos in, in Game of Thrones. The the skinnier mm-hmm. one was in Chernobyl, topped enough. And then... <laughs> and then <laughs> the Christopher Marlowe guy was in my favorite movie uh, show, The Terror. Um, mm. So, and he, I was shocked that that was him because he l- looks and acts so different than what he does in this one, <laughs> which is just a caricature of a 1920s bad guy that like tied a damsel on the train tracks. Yeah, that's what. He, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you'll, you'll never, never catch me, Lone Ranger. Turned into like the Wicked Witch of the West there. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the silence. Yeah, like I think ultimately to t- like what I think what Sam is getting at too. It's like this this and Wesley too. Like this story, this time period is rich with opportunities for really cool shows and movies. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason I hate it so much is it just squanders them. And the fact that like you can make the best TV show just about Shakespeare's London and about the inner politics of different theater troops and why certain plays survived and some, some didn't. And you know, all that, like there's, you can do that. And the fact that it was like, no, but like, what if incest? Well, my question, my question to all of you is, and this is what I said during, um, during, the Abraham Lincoln vampire slayer is I don't think I would have minded that movie if it had been set in the same time period set even in the civil war with all the, the Southerners being Mm -hmm. demonic vampires. I wouldn't have even minded that it just really intertwined itself with the history. So I know I've read some fantasy novels where they've really, really changed the names and changed like everything about it, but you can still, they kind of allude to who they're talking about in history. What if it wasn't William Shakespeare? It was a famous playwright that just so happened to be in it. Like, what if it was like a fantasy and like all of the characters names have been changed. They allude to that Mm -hmm. character. Like this woman is clearly queen Elizabeth. Like that's her inspiration. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. This character is clearly um, William Shakespeare's. That's the that's the character's inspiration. Yeah. I, I would you have liked it better then? Because I know I would have liked Vampire. Uh, I like I would have liked that better. Yeah, I think I would have liked it even less. Okay, because if if it was the if it was the same story, but like but like like you were saying, same time period, same kind of plot points, all that stuff. Uh, but it didn't have that historical anchor. I don't think I would have any reason to care about any of the characters. Like the the only reason I got invested in some of the uh, scenes is because I knew they were real people. And mm-hmm. like, I had that context of like, Oh yeah, that guy. Oh, that's why that happened. Oh, that like I, I liked it in the sense that like, 
it filled in the gaps, even if there were historical inaccuracies, there were still a lot of actual historical fact. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what I enjoy about that type of movie. Obviously not Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. (laughs) That was something completely different. Um, But if it had just been like a fictional great playwright, a fictional uh, royalty, a fictional government conspiracy... Uh, but like largely the same script, I don't think I could have even finished it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I kind of agree with Peter, although the one thing I will kind of say is I am also like a Shakespeare purist and I don't necessarily like theories that are like, he couldn't have written (laughs) his work because I think a lot of Shakespeare academics have kind of come to the conclusion that no, there's enough similarities between all the scripts. Like obviously one guy did this and really the only one whose life who actually like actually follows the correct timeline is William Shakespeare. And so I will say, I definitely go into a story like this being a little bit like, eh, I don't, they're really going (laughs) to have to like impress me to make me want to believe a Shakespeare like, someone else wrote Shakespeare's work kind of story. So I, I definitely approached this already a little, you know, meh. So, but yeah. I mean, I also agree though. I don't know if this story in itself was interesting enough for me to gotcha. have liked it, even if it wasn't yeah. about Shakespeare specifically. I, I will say I wanted to like this movie. I did too. I was, I was, looking, I was really I was looking forward to, to yeah. this movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so funny. I <laughs> was like, in, in like that beginning scene, I feel like the ADR was off. So I was about ready oh. to actually hate this movie. And then I was like, oh, actually, no, I, I don't mind this. But mm-hmm. Lily, what about you? I don't think it would have made a lick of difference. What about this? If I, And this is another thing that I had a question about. If this yeah. guy, like, I, Lily, you had said, like, when we watched the Troy episode... That, yes, there are a lot of versions of the Iliad, and this is not an accurate one, but this can be a version out there that I enjoy. What if this Roland Emmerich came in with the same thing where it was like, instead of wanting to convince you that, like, Oxford totally did it, guys, he did it, you know what? Like, having this movie be an essay, more like have this movie be a fun like this is maybe how it could have happened it's just a fun story Mm -hmm. for me and i want to produce it instead of like here is my here is my uh, doctorate of why this is not shakespeare would you have liked it better then if it wasn't so pretentious well what what i will say is there is an there is an interview with the writer john orloff where he says that that was basically what he was trying to do Mm, okay like he does believe in the oxford theory but uh he uh apparently he had a interview on npr where the host called him out a lot on all the historical inaccuracies um and it might have been it might have been him backtracking or it might have been a real thing but like he he was saying like well i i think of this story as um uh a version. Uh, uh, let, let me, you know what? Uh, some, somebody else talk. I'll find this quote because it, it was a pretty interesting quote. Yes. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why 
I think it was a combination of two things for me. The fact that it's kind of the spec speculative, like weird take on yeah. history. <laughs> and then the production itself, I just really didn't like. Like with historical dramas, I want to be able to smell the wax from the candles. I want to feel the, the tapestries the on the wall. <laughs> yeah, like I want to feel more immersed. And this just felt so artificial and so like, we're going to do light and dark and contrast. I'm like, no, just do the natural light that comes in from the windows. There's no electricity yet. Why does it have to feel like there's all these big lights and then it's complete darkness like just let it breathe like let it just I just felt like it the the production was so like we're gonna have shadows and we're gonna do all this it's like ugh. like that's just stuff stylistically that just kind of bugs me when I feel like everything is just either green screen artificial which is weird that Peter you said that like there was all this attention to recreating it because that is lost on me as a viewer like the attention to detail brought to this, which I'm sure people were super, you know, like livelihoods and everything, but it was mm -hmm. lost. I felt on like me. during the plays, it became really tactile. Like during Macbeth, when you saw the gr the greatest hits of all the plays, I love like that. Oh my god, were they like slapping the like Macbeth, and now it's Hamlet, and now it's like yeah, yeah, Twelfth yeah. Night, yeah, yeah, yep. Also, can I just say I was a little annoyed that when he gets handed, like when he's on his deathbed. Uh, the Earl oh. or whatever, and he gets handed a play, and I was like, "Oh my god!" If it's Tempest, which was Shakespeare's yeah. actual last play, I was like, "I would maybe kind of love that if it was like you open it up and it's Tempest, and like you know it's his final play." And no, it was like, like Henry the Titus, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it was like it was like something like totally random. Pericles? I was like, "Oh, <laughs> what?" Like I think it was one of the Henrys. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I was like. Henry the Sixth really? Part like, Two, a history? Like, come on! Yeah, the Hollow Crown, really? Uh, I, I always yeah. I found the interview. Okay, uh, here we go. When a reporter on National Public Radio pointed out to screenwriter John Orloff that this movie is full of historical historical inaccuracies, for instance, the playwright Christopher Marlowe, who appears as a character in the movie, was actually dead by the time these events supposedly yeah. took place. He responded that he wrote these inaccuracies into the screenplay eh, into the screenplay deliberately as an homage to the way that Shakespeare himself took dramatic liberties in his history plays. That sounds like a cop out if he's, I ever heard one. He's just like Shakespeare. That's what he's saying. Like, he's, he's like, like Shakespeare. Oh, well, you know what? I actually did that on purpose. Uh, I actually did that because I am also Shakespeare <laughs> as a writer. <laughs> like, like I just want I want to impart on people like if there's a story you want to tell, if there's something that, you know, you feel like a passion project like this was, go for it. Because this guy, these guys sure as shit did. And you know what? what? In some you ways, know, like you can do anything. Good, if this guy can make a for movie them, about this. They were very yeah. excited to make this. They got mm -hmm. to make their movie. This was this was quite literally exactly the movie he wanted to make. Which honestly, and it did not feel like any other movie that I've ever seen. And that it felt like an HBO. It felt like Game of Thrones to mm -hmm. me <laughs> because of yeah, it there, felt like there someone was watched Game of Thrones, took ayahuasca, then wrote this script. It's still, yeah. it was an enjoyable ride for me. I I will say that like I you know it was what a though, movie. I'm glad you enjoyed I, it. I, I'm sure they would it, love but, to know that someone enjoyed their yes. their passion project. Uh, Certainly. And how, yeah, right. Like how many people can say that they got to make the movie they've always <laughs> yeah. wanted to make? And so, you know what? Good, good for them. Yeah. And I hope that they are happy with what <laughs> with they the put result. out yeah. in the world. And, 
And I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you liked it, Wesley, because the uh, American public sure didn't. No, this uh, got a 15, this, what is, was it, 15 million of its 30, 30 million budget back? Yes, a budget wow. of 30 million. Um, it had a, uh, uh, a U.S. Uh, gross of 4.4 million. Wow. Um, and wow. I think... Uh, a worldwide gross, most of which came from Germany, of fifteen million. Yeah. Wow! So it just barely made back half of its budget. Oh my god! Oh yeah. Uh, All right. Anything else well, to say about this? Because I got a, I got a scenario for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. No, I got nothing. I I think but, I've exhausted like. Like this movie exhausted me, and I think I have now <laughs> exhausted everything I can say about it. Oh, I will say that the ending okay. was a little oh. drawn out. So I must oh admit God, yes. that this movie had flaws. Because we had to get back through all the framing devices <laughs> that we set up at the beginning to we get to us jump back through the dreams. The and, and Ben Johnson's. When you see Arr. at the end. <laughs> Derek Jacoby at the end, he gives that, you know, oh, what do we know? And what is truth? What is unknown? Mm-hmm. It really bugged me that at the end, right? Because it's, it's the end and then the show's over. Mm-hmm. And then the credits roll and it's just people leaving the audience. They get, Where's they the I thought the same thing. I was like, no where the fuck did nobody Everyone claps. gets the fuck out of that theater as quickly you know as why? possible. You know also, why? They had the same reaction that you three had, which was like, what the yeah. fuck like, did I watch? I'm, no, like, I need to get out but of my... no applause. <laughs> what on earth was that play? Was it just David Jacoby standing on stage for two <laughs> hours saying, hey, Shakespeare didn't write this, but you no, know what he no. did do? <laughs> and then, like, Fucked seeing all mom. the rain effects and Fucked the wind and everything that they did. No, 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 they... they to, they had actors. They had the they had the guy who played Ben Johnson waiting in the wings, going. <gasps> he was like breathing hard, uh, ready to get getting, tortured to then go into his. He was getting his, his accent right. Flashback. He was like, "Is this yeah. the right accent? This is <laughs> a perfect." <laughs> ac- <laughs> and someone's back there. Quite oh, blimey, Shakespeare. Oh, Shakespeare! We got a problem. We got a problem, mate. Edward Marlowe. Uh, no, Christopher Marlowe. Christopher Marlowe's got us all. Oh, I love what they said the tower. They'd like mention the tower as like tower. as like the, the the like like a nickname. So they're like, You went uh-huh. to the tower. What's the, <laughs> yeah. the Tower of London? Yeah. Which yeah. isn't actually yeah. Yeah, and it was used like almost um like, like Kremlin-esque. Was like, oh yeah, uh the the tower is conspiring about this. Yeah. Like the CIA. Um, I, yeah, that was fun. Cage. I like that. Um, okay, guys. Yes. So, London burns down. We go to <gasps> excavate it. This is the future. We've traveled to the future. Oh, oh wow. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> and we come to the, the where the Globe Theater is, and we discover mm-hmm. that there is a second or third folio. How many folios what? were there of Shakespeare's work? That I couldn't answer. Okay, yeah, let's say either. the second folio of uh-huh. Shakespeare's work, and it's this movie, this? and we read it and we watch it. <gasps> what do we My do God. with it? What do you do with this second folio that you just discovered? I named anonymous. So, here's the thing. I didn't hate this movie. I just didn't like it at all. 
like like I said, it is the most one of the most forgettable movies I've ever seen. So if so, I find this folio. I open it up. Mm-hmm. Anonymous is inside. Yep. I get like five pages in. David Jacoby's already gone. <laughs> uh, like the the rain is happening. Um, I I'm seeing the lizard put on his eyeliner. <laughs> um, and I go eh. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I'll just put it back in the hole. I'll let somebody else find it. I'm sure there's somebody uh, on our expedition team whose last name is Erickson who is going mm. to really like this. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna let somebody else discover this, but I, I'm gonna leave it be and just never think of it again. Yeah. So I I I'll go now. I come to it as you know really excited because I'm a huge fan of Shakespeare's work and I find this thing and I'm super excited to dig in, and then it disappoints me so much. But I also <laughs> feel like just very forgettable. But like I I feel like I can enjoy it and like I really enjoy hating on this movie. Mm. So I might keep it around mm. to just show it to other people, not tell them do not read this. Don't actually read this. Let me just point this out to you and tell you to never ever <laughs> read this or watch this or do anything with it ever again, but I'm just going to hang on to it so I can like prevent other people from being hurt the way that I was. Oh, okay, I see. I see. All right. Lily so in this scenario, um, we're excavators, like we're kind of explorers. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, in my character then would uh, somehow through the, through the work uh, had found the, the time stone, you know, like <laughs> yeah. in Marvel. So I use the time stone to activate my own ancestor's timeline. And I go in back in time uh-huh. to... F- Sounds you know, like late 1500s Creed. England to where, yeah, exactly. I activate my own Assassin's Creed storyline. <laughs> You're in the end. Where I go to the first, yeah, I go to the first burning of London. And all the while I'm carrying this script with me and I throw it into <laughs> the Burning Globe Theater and I say, have at thee. <laughs> I actually like that. That's a good, that's actually a good story too. Like we could make a movie out of that right now. Uh-huh. About Lily destroying... <laughs> Enough. Yeah, we need to destroy this. Yeah, that's what I would okay. do. Okay, very creative. Um, I tried. <laughs> what I would do is I would find this. Uh, let's uh, and I would I would open it. I would say, "Wow, mm-hmm. I'm surprised about this. Uh, that this is so good." But clearly, the author really believes that this actually happened. But I would take it as a artifact. I would produce mm-hmm. this play myself with my money that Ooh. I have made on this excavation already. Yes. Uh, I would drum up some marketing. I would put it on and say, I don't believe anything in here. <laughs> I don't believe anything. I think <laughs> I'm a nihilist. I think kind of like the Greek, uh, like Greek stories or I'm sorry, Greek plays like they believed in God's. I don't believe in those Greek gods, nor do I believe in this author's theory of anything. But it's enjoyable, and maybe you'd like it. And that's kind of what I would do. Mm -hmm. I would say to the audience, I would say to my friends, hey, maybe you want to check it out. I liked it. I know a lot of people don't like it. Uh, (laughs) But hey, it might be a cult classic for me. Is it for you? The world 
And that's what I would do. <laughs> the globe. And it's in Germany, so it does great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would go to all my German friends, which I have so many. Yes. You go to mm-hmm. Munich, Berlin, Dusseldorf, Dusseldorf. Stuttgart, Rheinfelden. Oh, uh, oh Madame Merkel, would you like to watch this film? <laughs> And before you retire, can you please give us your final thoughts? That's 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 what I would do. I think that like I would recommend this to friends, but I would just caution them mm-hmm. like, hey, I don't believe any of this. You shouldn't uh-huh. either. I think this is a good plot. I think this is an interesting watch. Maybe you'd like this. And that's that's all, all I have right. to say. Yeah, we we have a good spectrum of reviews. Here. Yeah. yeah, I think I think most part though. Yes, we could probably leave this in obscurity. I just won't. Yeah, mm. yeah. It'll live on in Wesley. The collective uh-huh. will, the individual. I will, will be not. like Ben Johnson and know the secret of this movie, <laughs> no. and I'll be like, exactly. "Here you go, watch this movie." Here you go. <laughs> you can torture me all you want. I'm protecting. Oh yeah, they it. tortured him, and then. And then let and him he go just told them he everything. Yeah. And he, like he tortured that he was tortured, and he just literally was like, "Here you go." And then Robert, like everything you, and then Robert Cecil was like, "Let him go. He's telling the truth." Like that yeah. doesn't sound like <laughs> a Thanks. dictator to me. Also, King James. Yeah, great, great political sound. Oh yeah, and then King James is like, you know, I actually like plays, and Robert's is like. Damn Man, it. they Man, made him so effeminate. They made him so gay. Oh god! It was yeah. like wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which he was, he was, but you know they they put on those like ruby slippers. He was also like this I terrifying, the this theater. terrifying like witch yeah, he hunter. Yeah, loved demons. Man. Like, did you notice yeah. they yeah. they like zoomed in on his show, shoes to make him? Yeah, he had like ruby slippers yeah, or something. Like, I didn't think yeah. that was necessary, but. Yeah. It's like, okay, a friend of yes. Dorothy that's like code uh-huh. for gay. Like, it's like we okay, he's gay. Gosh, Roland. <laughs> like just the hammering of... I'm a real like, theater guy. Do you get it? Mm. Yeah. Let's have a lot of these plays. I'm a real theater goer. I love the plays. All right. Well. Uh, great. Another another successful episode in the bag. Yeah, we went on explorations, Ooh. had fun, had lovely discussions. Mm-hmm. And grew apart as friends in this episode. Yes. Uh, (laughs) No, um, I have been Wesley. I have been Peter. I have been Lily. And I've been Sam. And goodbye from obscurity. (laughs) 